WNYC would like to issue the following disclaimer. Duplicast is not an Orphan Black recap podcast. It is an Orphan Black podcast and it does contain recaps, but also very silly things. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Oh my God. Oh, that one's, that one's cuter. Oh, so cute. That one's cuter than the first one. Oh, I can't decide. They're all so cute. I love looking at baby magazines. I love them so much. Their tiny little feet. Oh, their tiny little hands. Their tiny little bellies. Tiny little heads. Oh, I just want to bite them in a good way. Just eat a baby. Just eat them, but like out of love. What is it with clones and babies? I just... I don't know. Every single clone I know is just baby, baby crazy. crazy. You know? <sighs> oh well, one day, one day our babies will come. Yeah, yeah. If the scientists figure out how to how to fix us. <laughs> Welcome back to Duplicast. Today on the show, we're going to talk about episode three, season three of Orphan Black. Hey, guess what? A lot more stuff happens. So much stuff. Project Leader and Project Caster clones, all related. The boy clones are our brothers. That's weird. I'm glad no one made out. Allison is now a huge drug dealer in the strange suburban neighborhood in which she lives. We should have been drug dealers years ago. And Mark gets shot in a cornfield. Uh-oh. We're also going to be talking to veteran journalist Brooke Gladstone about us. My name is Brooke Gladstone, Peabody Award-winning journalist, chosen by lot by the Eastern Cultural Establishment to interview these two clones about their mysterious clone culture. That's a fun change, isn't it? She asks some tough questions, and we give her some easy answers. So, Sarah and Felix at the top of the episode with a body in a bathtub, very Breaking Bad. Hope they don't use any of the, what was it, hydraulic acid? Yes! Although it is a metal tub, you'll notice. So uh, unlike in Breaking Bad, it wouldn't melt through. Oh, I thought all tubs were metal and covered in porcelain. No. no? It was plastic. That was the problem. No, plastic Bad. was what they needed. Oh, you're right. And it burnt through the metal. Yeah. Well, I watched that show six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we know that doesn't happen because Art shows up and uh, has to play the bumbling cop again. Poor Art. Poor, poor Art. Poor Art. He does not have a life. No. We find out in this episode that he's been in love with Beth this whole time. You were in love with her? She was my partner. We were never going to be together, but... It happened. And of course that means that he's in love with Sarah like every other person in the show. You're just as fierce as she was, Sarah. Everybody's in love with Sarah. Everybody's in love with Sarah. Her sisters are in love with Sarah. It's a bit creepy. That's right. But what can I say? She's a wild child. Yeah, yeah. And fidgety, as, as Art described her, right? He likes that yes. she can't sit still. <sighs> Beth couldn't keep still either. Weird way to say I love you. You shake oh, a lot. yes. Let me hold you. She's fierce. Oh. That's a, that's, like that's a, a word to use. He's, she's fierce. Like a lion. 
So Art uh, ignores the murder, very easy to convince. And he and Sarah go on a procedural-style adventure looking for either Mark and Gracie or the genetic material. Not sure what is the priority. We also see a lot more of the boy clones. We learn a little bit more about them. Most importantly, that the female clones and male clones are brother and sister, which would make sense since it was a husband and wife that created them in the first place. A dozen short tandem repeat loci in common. That can only mean one thing, Sarah. The boy clones are our brothers. What? Cosima and her nerd friend do the research. They extract the brain from the dead clone, whose name I believe very, is now very Seth. Efficiently. Because in the last episode, I thought Rudy was the dead one, and now I believe it's Seth. And get, uh, I'm not surprised that I made that mistake. You know, as clones... We do have a problem remembering names. It is a, a defect that we all share. Yes, and, and it has nothing to do with the lack of character development for all of the caster clones. They're all a little bit broken, aren't they? Just like all men. And as disposable. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I just want a baby so much. Yes. Uh, moving on, Allison is campaigning like a pro. Oh my goodness, those buttons, the the pins that she's got, beautiful. Beautiful. The soaps? Those soaps look really good. Covered in ribbons. But most of all, it's the drugs. Yes. Because if there's any way to get to a suburban housewife's heart, it is through pills. Uppers and downers. Downers and uppers. So not only is Allison making headway in the campaign, she and Donnie are making a lot of money. So much so that Donnie even says that they should have been doing this already. Soap is the perfect cover. Allie, we're going to break even in months. Mm-hmm. We should have been drug dealers years ago. Mm-hmm. Pharmaceutical entrepreneurs, Donnie. And Marcy steps in and tries to bribe them with a better house just so they'll right, drop but, out. Right, but they still have to pay for it. It's not a great bribe. It's the worst bribe. Hey, how about... You buy this house for me, and I make a ton of commission. And you drop out of the race, and I win. Marcy, I have to say, not too smart. Yeah, ordinarily I'd say, oh, Allison, good job for standing up for yourself, but this was an easy decision. That's not a good bribe. Oh, move out of the neighborhood and away from the house where you have a body buried in the garage. Oh, you know, that might also be the reason they said no to the house. Maybe they wanted it. He, uh, Donnie did mention the saltwater pool. Ooh, that's classy, isn't it? I guess. Is that better than a regular pool? Well, it doesn't have chlorine in it. Okay, but it has weird salt water. That's true. But I, I think it's better for your skin. If you, yeah, if you, if you react to chlorine. Can't you just make any pool a salt water pool? Can't you just fill just it with like salt water? Salt in it? Yes, I think so. But maybe you have to have, I don't know, special pipes or something. Maybe. So Mark admits to Gracie that he has a secret and tells her that he's after something her father stole, which we assume is the genetic material. And Gracie reacts by visiting a creepy guy named Mr. Finch that she's known her whole life, who is actually keeping a box of something. Right, uh, in his weird farm. How come all farmers are evil in this show? So that's the episode this week. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and after that we are going to be interviewed by Brooke Gladstone about us. So, 
something pretty amazing has happened to Duplicast in the last few weeks. Isn't that right, Emma? Yeah, our our little podcast has blown up. We've it's been rocketed really to up. fame and stardom as yeah. as the, the America's favorite clones. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really surprising. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of price to fame, obviously, but um, a lot of misconceptions I, I think, and a lot of judgment. Yeah, I feel a lot more pressure to you know be wearing makeup when I go outside the house, that kind of thing, but. You know, I, honestly, it's it's an honour, and and we're really happy to be representing a new clone voice in this world. It, it is a voice that's been underserved, I think. So, um, with that in mind, um, we appealed oh, to the yeah. Eastern journalistic elite, and they sent us their least busy person. <laughs> that is not true. I was chosen by lot. <laughs> that's exciting. See. That's liberal communist East Coast action right Just there. Just giggling all the way through. So unprofessional, but it's what they gave us. All right, I'll take it from here. Well, when you put it like that, it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I mean, we're just regular people, us clones. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we grew up in, in convents on different sides of the Atlantic. Just like everybody else. <laughs> Tell me about the nature of these convents. Uh, well, I come from uh, the Convent of the Bull. Uh, in New York City. It's in, it's in the financial district. We are a, a very quiet religion. We don't speak to each other when in the presence of other other bull worshippers. It's it's all very boilerplate religion stuff, that, that kind of thing. Hannah? Uh, I actually grew up in a Franciscan nunnery. The Actually, the only Franciscan nunnery in the world, most Franciscans are actually men, but but it was like a, a it was actually a pretty progressive feminist uh, establishment. We went out and helped the poor when we could. Uh, lots of flagellation, but you know that comes with with being a novice. And I mean, it was a quiet life. So essentially, you're saying that by dint of your peculiar birth, you were placed into essentially what strike me as religious institutions that extended their control across all aspects of your life. Did you live in dormitories? Did you, were you able to mix freely with people in the outside world? Well, um, yes and no, in, in so much as other people in the convent of the bull were from the outside world, I was able to mix with them. So they weren't all clones. No, there are very few clones in New York City. There were actually a lot of clones in my convent. We did sleep in dormitories, but they were a, a reward. Uh, you had to work very hard to, to be in a dormitory. Otherwise, um, you're in a solitary cell. Aha. Uh -huh. And what was the reasoning there? Did they ever explain? Well, the idea of the Franciscans, you see, is that we are a part of the community, and especially as a clone, it's very important to give back because we were created by the community. Okay. Now, who placed you in these institutions and why? Oh, it's a mystery. It's a glorious mystery. We do not it's... question who placed us where. Why don't you? Um, well, you know, it's rude. It's that be rude? rude? It's very rude. <laughs> You know, we've been taught very from a very early age that it's best not to ask too many questions. You you do know about the outside world, right? That yeah. we don't have monitors 
uh, at least individual ones. We may be continuously surveyed by government cameras, well, there but we you don't go. have individual Well, there monitors. you go, Ms. Gladstone. <laughs> but there is a difference. You don't have you people know, actually taking blood samples on a regular basis. And do you not have people taking blood samples once a year at your yearly checkup to not, not test me. your blood cholesterol levels <laughs> and glucose and see and if you're pre And what is the NSA but a monitor for us all? Yes, that is true. But one can be lost in the crowd. You guys are constantly tracked. We know our and situations, whereas do you like people it? outside of the clone community have this misconception that they are free. We know that nobody is. That's all. Mm-hmm. And we're happier for it, I think. Also, you know, if you have like a trip and fall or like you, you choke on a banana in, in your apartment, as I did last night, your monitor is right there to, to come and help you. It's like a safety button, but a human. So you see it as a privilege. Oh, yes. I mean, we don't have to pay for our own health insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's do you ever have exciting. to do anything in exchange for this uh, uh, extraordinary 24-7 attention? No, just not ask questions, be complicit. Those are the <laughs> mottos of the clone. <laughs> Extensive testing, a uh, lot of it very vaginal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it's it's important to, to be healthy. <laughs> and that's what we were taught, you know. It's, it's very important to stay healthy. You aren't living in the convent things. anymore. Do you leave when you're 18? You are kicked out when you are 18, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I begged. I, I, I begged to stay in the convent, oh, convent um, because so they don't much. really... They didn't really teach us about rents or, you know, finance. Emma, what do you do for a living? Um, I am a hot dog vendor and a part-time Statue of Liberty impersonator. That is a a new thing that I'm doing. For the longest time, I wasn't able to get my foot in the door. But it's competitive. this, This podcast has opened a lot of doors for me. I'm looking into apple pie vendor at the farmer's market, too. I, I think it's that would be kind of uh, the, the be-all, end-all as far as I'm concerned. So I, I'm very excited about that. Hopefully within the next 20 years I'll be able to get into, into something like that. Hannah, what do you and do? And I'm actually the waxwork figure of Mary Poppins in Madame Two Swords in Times Square. So I'm very good at standing still. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a bit of a boring job, I have to say, but I do meet a lot of fascinating people. And I, I get a sports massage once every two weeks. So, you know, just to loosen those muscles up. And otherwise, I mean, it's, it's a great job. Yeah, we're very lucky. We're very famous now. Have you pondered the symbolism of playing other people for a living? Pondered the symbolism? Well, the thing is, as a clone, we're all strangely adept at not only impersonating our sister clones, as we see in the show Orphan Black, it's mm-hmm. very similar in, in real life, Mm-hmm. But pippity poppity, see, it, see? It, it, it's uncanny. <laughs> hey, pal. Hey, buddy. It's that, so good. That, that is remarkable. I, I really, I could not tell who was who there. Do you know who it was who supplied your original genetic material? You know, in in the convent they said it was Zeus, but I don't believe that anymore. Oh, in my convent they said it was Athena. Huh. But huh. it was a human being, obviously. We don't oh, know that. We don't. But you are human sure. beings. Or, yes, we well, are. Well, I mean, are we? Are you? Yes, we are, Hannah. Are you? 
Oh, yes, we are human. Are you? Yes. But uh, are you? Well, you know, what is it to be human anyway? You know, I mean, if we were to pass the Turing test, I mean, I would say that we were human. And I passed that test many times. Uh, I you believe, know, it's not just for robots. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but I, I believe that's our time. But uh, just one time. last point. What makes you different from a human? Oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, could we stay with this? Could we pursue the the issue of humanity for just a moment? Something is coming through the door. Yeah, uh, uh, just that's the gas. Ignore uh, it. Uh, um, um, so, uh, thank you. I, I, I think I, I, I so better go. So much for Gladstone. <laughs> This episode of Duplicast was written and performed by Anna Rubinova and Siobhan Thompson with special guest Brooke Gladstone. It was produced by Jen Poyant, Caitlin Thompson and Paula Schumann with production help from Ethan Cheel. Our musical theme was composed by Jay Cowett who is three babies standing on top of each other. I wonder if he has a baby. Ooh. Wait, did you say baby? What? Jake has a baby? I'm going to steal his baby. Does he have a baby? <laughs>